All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for those of you here to to hear the podcast and watch the set. Uh, my guest tonight is, of course, Neil Gardulo. Feed me with your applause. Yes. Neil is, uh, I guess, mainly you hail out of the, the I.O. West, right? Yeah, for the most part. I also do Nerdist, uh, Nerdist School over there. Um, but Dr. God is... Dr. God is my mainstay. Of that that's I.O. West. Yeah, that's my mainstay. Uh, and Dr. God re- recently wrapped, and it's killing now, uh, Bloodsucking Bastards. Yeah, Bloodsucking Bastards went to theaters, and uh, it's on VOD right now. It's going to be on uh, Blu-ray and DVD in early November. Yeah, well, where was my part in that? Uh, listen, I was pushing for you all the way. It's Brian O'Connell who said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I don't think so. You know, I feel like I've gotten what I need out of that guy. That's, We're done. That's sort of a bitch. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is an improv podcast primarily, I guess. It's all sorts of conversation. I'm just like, when did, it, when did you... Start. I don't really know your history. I remember I taught you yeah. at the I.O. West. Yeah. Here, uh, actually. Also at I.O. for oh, coaching sessions, but it was here. It was like your first or second class, I think. When I got out here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, because the, the I.O. West used to be where we are currently, which is the complex. Yes. Yeah. Uh, theaters in Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard. And I remember, yeah, when I got out here, the I.O. West was still housed here. Oh, I see. No, I had, I had just moved when it had just moved over. I, uh... So I started doing stand-up in New York when I was a teenager. Um, I'm from New Jersey. And, uh, and when I finally made the city um, my home, and I finally was not commuting anymore from New Jersey, uh, I was going to school for theater at Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. And they had a, a, uh, an improv class that was not comedic improv, but just kind of their process towards Strasbergian method. And, uh, and I loved it so much. And then I saw, uh, I grew up, while well, I was in high school, Upright Citizens Brigade was the show on television. That's what I knew that as. And I saw, I was like, oh, they have a school. I don't know what that is. I have absolutely no, no, never seen an improv show before in my life. I just knew right. it as who, whose line is it anyway. Um, and I went and I took a class there. And uh, I took my level one. And I instantly was like, yeah, this is the thing I do now. I don't really do stand-up anymore. This is the thing that I completely do. I never tried, I mean, I never tried stand-up. That was never a thing. It was something... I, you know, I would listen to Opie and Anthony every day, that radio show, and, like, they're just, like, just... No idea. Oh, it, oh okay, so, like, they, <laughs> they're really just the biggest dirtbags on Earth, and, uh, and Jim... Opie Nor- is just, I, 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 Opie's from the, from the Andy Griffith show. Right, no, yeah, right, exactly, okay. except for this is, like, uh, the version of him that, like, like, would spit on a child in the middle of the street, right. like, yeah, just a bad man. Um, and Jim Norton was on that show, stand-up comedian, and I would listen to that show every day, and I would go into the city, and I would watch, when I was a teenager, because it was like a 35-minute train, I'd go to this comedy cellar and watch everything, and I'd watch Jim Norton every week, and I thought that was like the coolest thing, like, oh man, I'm watching this guy who's here every night, who I listen to on the radio every day, oh, I, I, I want to try that, and I tried it, and the first time out, went great, I'm a teenager, I'm feeling great about myself, and then like the next... 15 times were the worst experiences. Adults just like shunning you as you're standing in a room. You're in a room in Manhattan and you're standing on a stage and like I'm wearing a suit, but like I look like I'm at like my bar mitzvah. Right. I'm just like, hi, yeah, well, I'm here. And they, and they just, you're just watching adults scoff at you because they paid money to see the show. Um, That's just, I think like early shit that made me laugh. It had nothing to do with, because I became 
an improviser for probably strange reasons to, to, down the road. Because initially, like, you, you, I would think, if I look back at my life, that I, like when I was a kid, I remember I used to go to sleep listening to Richard Pryor shooting craps. Uh-huh. Because uh, one of my older brothers had the album, and I, I, I got a record player for, like, my 13th birthday. Right. And so I just put that on the record players, listened to it uh-huh. on, on loop uh-huh. uh, to the point where I could do the entire album sure but it never occurred to me like this is something i should i should do it was yeah. just like no that guy's just fucking funny right well i just I, I i felt like i would listen to it enough and i would do similar things i would do i would watch you know in the early days of comedy central i'd watch the special so much that i'd have it down and then i'd start i'd listen to the jerky boys a lot yeah. that was a big part of my life the jerky, jerky boys. boys that was i had a i had a uh, <laughs> i had a baseball card set that I wasn't allowed to have the CDs, so I, way too complicated to hide something, I took all of the baseball cards out and would put my Jerky Boy CDs under them and then put the cards on top and then close the box and then put that box in the closet on the floor and a bunch of things on top of that. Like, I got really dodged a bullet there. Mom could have found that at any moment when she was going through my baseball cards in the box in my closet. And judged you like an adult shunning a child. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was, yeah, it was, really just, uh, it was really just something I was familiar with at an early age and I knew how to get back to it on stage. <laughs> Thank you for that pity response, whatever that was. So you took a class at UCB because when I, I ran into you, you were already out here. The, I was. That must have been in New York. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably... 13 years ago, um, and then I went through the full program in New York, and as soon as I finished, I moved out here. I've been here 10 years this week, is actually 10 years for me, and uh, where were the, where's the fucking applause? Where was... <laughs> so so, so yeah. you and Brian were roughly at the same time? Yeah, I would say that I met Brian... Because I, I, I came across you two differently. Yes. Uh, like you didn't come through at the same time. No, totally. R- Brian had already gone and, and he had gone on his journey with you and done everything that he had done. You know, well, they, they did, one on, it did one-on-ones for a while. Right. It wasn't just classes. It was one-on-ones and it was performing together. Um, I met Brian maybe. But that was after we got to the IOS. I mean, the, the place on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, I met you at the place on oh, Hollywood I thought you Boulevard. Oh, I thought you said you took me here. I did at Miles Stroth Workshop. Oh, oh okay. Or, or you were doing... Once I, I'd left the I.O. Yeah, you had left the I.O. Or yeah, I think you were there at the same time. You might have just been doing a class here. Actually, what, what happened was I, I quit over there because mm-hmm. I was sick of it. Yeah. For, for varying reasons. Then I started my own workshop here. Very small. Uh, had some good... A couple good groups. And then... Sharon offered, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I remembered this all perfectly. Like right. You had so, left, and then you had come back and so in I, that I, interim. So I, so I came back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that lasted for about six months. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I was like, all right, now I'm really done. And yeah. I came back over here and reopened. Yeah. And I remember, well, I was, before you had reopened, I was, uh, it was me, and it was, uh, Mike Cohen was in that class. And it was a couple of other, it was like, jeez, uh, I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head. But there were, it was a huge... I mean, there, there was a big gap in, in people's experience levels. There was someone who's, it was their first improv class ever. And then maybe I was like six years into improvising, five, right. six years. And then Cohen was like 11 or 12 at that point. And you went around the room and there were maybe eight to 10 people in the class. And you could define within a couple of years what their experience level was 
And I remember leaving that class going, what the fuck was that? How did that just happen? Like, yeah, you just, uh, you know, you probably started, uh, you know, you're early on and, you know, you're growing and it's good and you're good for where you are and that's great. Like, you, you guys, uh, and you like lumped me in with two other people who all had been between like four and six years of improv experience. Like, I feel like you've been doing it for like long enough, like, you know, in that world of five years and you guys are, and we're like, yep, no, that's, that's it. And then you knew Cohen, obviously you were doing Armando with Cohen at the time, so you knew kind of where he was, but walked out of that with those guys, those guys who were in my grouping, like, that's fucking crazy. That's so funny because I don't think I could do that at all right now. No, I know. Uh, I, I, I think I must have been thinking about it like that to be able to do that. Of course, in that moment, I'm sure you watched that class and you were like, that's a move that somebody of this experience level might make. Right. Or, um, and it was, there was such a huge difference in the room. I mean, it was like, it was, I feel like there was consistently four to five years between the levels of people in the group. Right. So it was, you know, you could... But that shouldn't matter. I mean, I was telling you, because that shouldn't matter in a class. Yeah. I know some people are just like, I don't know, there's the one guy in my class, or there's the great guy in my class. Oh, I agree. And I mean, well, that's always going to be the case, but as far as like, it's like, you want a variety of levels in your class you're taking it. I completely agree with you. I think it's a great way to measure yourself. And you you also, uh, you know, your... your presentation was a positive one. It was because the person who's, it was their first improv class ever was looking at Mike Cohen and like, why can't I do what he does? And the point of the whole thing was, hey dude, well, yeah. don't relax. You've been doing this for like three classes and he's been doing this consistently, right. like 200 shows a year for like 12 years. So like there's you just- You are a, doing the same thing. You're just at a different point in your process. Exactly, yeah. And that was, and that was the point of it, yeah. It's funny because I think about when I started, like, I have no idea. Because at some point, it's because it's like, hey, well, when's your 10-year anniversary or your 5-year anniversary or your 20-year yeah. anniversary? Uh, I, remember, I remember Sharna in Chicago, who owns the I.O. in Chicago. She, she sort of screwed that up a couple times as far as how old the theater was. Uh-huh. Uh, and so the, the last... Mean, she monetized well, no, no, well, it. Well, she a, basically uh-huh. is like, here's our 10-year and then, like, you know, you know, Four years later, or something, uh-huh. she celebrates her 15th. Oh, look, she's like, a brilliant businesswoman. Like, what the thing was, the, the papers keep track. Yeah. I mean, all you had to do was look it up, and like it was in print. Sure. And so, as far as I, I think someone wrote something that said I started in 2007. So I'm like, fine. That's when I started. That's when I started doing improv. Oh, my God, no, no. I, 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 that's when I started this. Oh, oh, god, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This place. I'm like, no, I think I started before then, but you know what? Fuck it, it's in print. No, <laughs> I'm good with 2007. You have to go the other way with it, though. You have to start getting it out there that this is like celebrating its hundredth year. <laughs> this is the centennial. Everyone, please come. Oldest improv in Los Angeles. Suck it, groundlings. <laughs> oh, we didn't get any questions to, this week. Uh, <laughs> We were supposed to get questions off the internet or at the door, uh, but fortunately, yeah, humans are very capable of asking questions. They are. So, uh, does anyone in the audience have a have a question? <laughs> yes, right there. Uh, one of the, my favorite things about Dr. God is not only your chemistry on stage but off. Um, are you like legitimately great friends with those guys? Oh, yeah. What's what's one of those? Have you had like one of those weird friendship moments uh, where you you know I don't know. Serve each other pancakes or, or breakfast or something? Oh, but there are <laughs> so many weird friendship moments. But yeah, they, they are. They're my best friends. Um, and that was something that, uh, you know, I think you go on, for me, 
you have a bunch of different groups that you perform with, but when a bunch of people commit to each other and very and have very similar interests and also like spend a lot of social time together, that chemistry kind of comes together. But yeah, I mean, we 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 do a lot together. I mean, I, those are the people I see more than pretty much anybody. Um, I've probably almost I've almost probably knocked Sean unconscious like <laughs> thirty times yeah. in a drunken rage. <laughs> Uh, and he's probably cooked me pancakes a similar amount of time the next morning. Um, O'Connell and I have sat up till the sun rises in another city talking about improv and then hating the next day more than anything. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and I, and I work, you know, I work with them as well. Um, Dave and I produce television together. Like we spend at a, you know, we're in an office together so many hours a week. So yeah, the chemistry is, uh. Chemistry and the friendship is very real, and that helps. I mean, that helps on stage. I know what someone's sensibilities are. That, that, that's uh, something I, I I try and express to people, which is I think I think Brian has said it. Uh, like, you find that group of people that is your home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, even more so than like I, I know Doctor God comes out of iOS, but iOS isn't so much your home as Doctor God is your home. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I agree. I, I love not, not that I don't love the you know the, the environment, but uh, but that is not a team that was generated by those in charge at iOS that said you guys have to do it. We found each other. We found each other at you know the bar and just through improv and knowing each other and immersing ourselves in a community by throwing yourself into that community you know you get to pick your friends and the people that you do that with and you by the way were a part of brian and i bonding because he would talk about you and your philosophies and then i took your class and you know brian and i had been performing and all of a sudden like all of our all of our the things we found to be the most important parts of improv um, lined up perfectly, and we started doing our two-man together, and then he started joining Dr. God afterwards, but that was a, a huge part of it as well. I credit you for being <laughs> by far the best teacher I've ever had. I mean, you know. Well, thank you. It's yeah, um, horrible man, but uh, <laughs> terrific. Uh, I, I, mean, I had you and I had uh, Ian Roberts at the same time, and uh, and I... Um, and, and I would say Ian was probably the second best just because I understand the philosophy, but what you, uh, you guys have a very similar points of view in certain ways, and you, but you, you articulate it in a far superior way, and you've you know, broken it down in a way that is so digestible. Um, and I remember it was... Well, that's a, just because I, I, my career hasn't been interrupted. A lot, a lot of time to think about it. You have a lot of improv time to yeah, think the, about I, it. I a lot of improv and... And teaching time over the years that yeah. completely uninterrupted by success. <laughs> I, remember, uh, I remember one night, though, I was at I.O., and you were doing Armando, and, uh, and I was in class with the two of you at that time, and I, was, I had gotten, like, for, I had been doing worse work, and it, would, it was reflecting in my shows, and I, I was getting really frustrated because I was in my head, and I sat down with Sarah G., who was there at the time, and she was my coach, and I was like, mm-hmm. Sarah, I don't know fuck's going on? Like, I was half in the bag. I was three quarters in the bag. I was deep into that bag. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Like, I just feel, like, so stuck. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm so in my head. And she's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're taking classes? Like, yeah, I'm in Miles' class. I'm like, I'm almost done with that. And I'm taking Ian at the same time. And she's like, yeah, like, two of the most, like, you know, you're dissecting and breaking things down. As you're digesting this information, there's going to be a transition period. And she starts walking me off the ledge. And you come out from Armando. And I'm sitting there, and you go over, hello, Sarah, hello, Neil. <laughs> I go, 
Don't even give me that. I was great and you've made me terrible. <laughs> and, and you start laughing because I'm very clearly drunk and I'm having like kind of a fun little moment, but I'm also dead serious. And you're right. like, well, yeah, I, uh, I did notice that. Because uh, I, I remember you started, when you started in the first week, uh, you, were, you were good. And uh, you haven't been as good since then. Right. <laughs> uh, but then six months later, when I, uh, six months to a year later, when that stuff really sunk in and became habit, that changed my entire level of play. Changed everything. I, I think that that's always the case when you... you you work on something to improve your overall game. Yeah. It's like it sort of busts your... Because your game is like a solid thing. Right. And then you take it apart to fix something. Uh-huh. Now your game's all taken apart. Yeah. Uh, so until you get it straightened out again... But he's he the straight... Because he said it like this. Am I the absurd guy? But where's... Okay, but all right. So is this an alternate reality? I don't know where the alternate reality is right now. Why am I so bad at this scene? Because uh, you're thinking. Because I'm thinking. I'm, yeah, of course. Because I'm... It's funny because yeah. at, at, at that point, I hadn't refined it down further. Right, because it's it's funny because you know the teaching keeps changing uh, from even back then to now. Because now what I would say is, I don't think I said this back then, which is you do all your thinking off stage. Right, your training is all off stage. Uh-huh. The, the the scene types, the positions, the character, and totally. everything's off stage. But then when you walk on stage, you have to let it all go and play. Right, and whatever occurs to you, that's the only thing you do. Whatever yeah. occurs to you, and that's freedom. Right. Otherwise, you go on stage and you're trying to think your way through a scene, and you're doing a math. You're doing a, yeah, you're doing math at that point, and and like it could, it should just be, in my opinion, like it should just be like subconscious math that you have ingrained in yourself that you know, and then that's taken care of itself, and then you play, like you're saying, right. and then you just play, but like all of that stuff is just sitting back there, and it's helping it along. I mean, it's it's you know, well, it's not like if I ask you what's twelve times twelve. It's 144. Right. You don't need to actually go through the steps to get there anymore. Right. Because you memorized that one. You, you really tried child. to fuck me on that one because 12 times 12 is not an easy one, I'd like to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other questions? Yes. Uh, how did uh, the improv background of Dr. God inform your way into making blood-sucking bastards? Um, well, let me answer that. <laughs> Miles. The movie I was not in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, I say fuck Brian, too. I don't like him, either. I don't like him. He's a prick, man. I know, and... I don't know. I made him out of old mud. You know what my... (laughs) You know what my favorite bit to do is? And I'm going to get to that in one second. Um, My favorite bit is uh, he'll have his students, and they'll be talking to him at the bar and so excited because he's there. And now, well, here's Brian. Oh, we're talking to Brian. And then he'll introduce me. Or they'll be like, oh, you're in Dr. God with Brian. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's my teacher. Oh, that's great. Um, I, uh, I remember when I first came across Brian, and, uh, and he was a student of mine for a while. And I taught him for, like, probably a year. And I was like, he's, I think he's talented. I don't know if he's there yet. So then I started doing one-on-ones with him. You're talking about, this is me. I know, but I would say it as me. Oh, all right. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> and I just tell the whole narrative as if Brian was my protege. And then I, I do it like, and look, I mean, yeah, is he like five years older than me? He is. But he is also willing to learn from someone that was younger. And I thought that took courage. I thought that was courage. <laughs> and I just go on this narrative of, uh, and then he has to correct it. No, it's miles. That's miles. There's the whole like 
oh, oh. That's my favorite thing to do, just to make sure that I, uh, I belittle Brian's accomplishments. All right, now answer the fucking question. <laughs> the answer is yes, it oh. did. Um, no, it, it, it uh, yeah, you know, Brian's a great director. Um, he has a very clear vision of what he wants to do, and also it's a, it's a really tough balance because he, you know, it's a low-budget movie. It's moving fast. You know, it's 18 days of shooting, so there's not a ton of time to do, like, Apatow takes of, like, hey, let's get 25 takes of just the funniest shit that's ever happened, you know? Like, you're going to get three, maybe four, so you've got to nail up, but Brian is very good about kind of loosening it up and letting, you know, letting you know, like, okay, we kind of have to get this out, but outside of that, you can play a little bit here. Um, and, it, you know, it's written with that in mind. The, the other things that we have that we uh, are hoping to do next year, I, one of the scripts came from just, I mean, two of us sitting down, improvising a ton of scenes, writing them down to, you know, underneath the, the web of a story, um, and then refining it from there. So improv informs pretty much every aspect for me, um, whether it be writing that script or working in other shows or whatever it is. All right. That's yeah. a better. That was a better answer than yes. Yes, right? it was. Yeah, thank you. That was a useful answer. Oh, good. Well, any other questions? Yes, sir. Where, where did the uh, boy band pool picture come from, and can I get it in poster form? Okay, so if you, I, email, I didn't hear that. Where did the? Uh, it's a boy band pool picture. That all we right. Have. Oh, yes, the 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 Doctor God poster. Yes, uh-huh. you might remember it as uh, as what I call it uh, twenty five pounds ago. <laughs> when I when I look at the picture, I go, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that yeah, was when the number started with a one. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, so we did that in someone's at someone's house. They're a photographer, and they're like, oh, we'd love to. You know, we were, we needed new pictures, and they said, yeah, we'd love to. We'd was love that McShane? It. No, it wasn't. It was um, our friend. Uh, I think everything Robin. breaks McShane. It's, like, it's really that must be McShane. Yeah, I hate that his career has actually like been. Like, it's great that he's, like, he's at BuzzFeed. He's doing the things he wants right. to do. And I'm like, yeah, but you're fucking up improv posters everywhere, man. <laughs> you should be making the... Oh. Uh, he, uh, so we went up there, and um, originally the plan was to stand in a pool. We're all standing on a pool, and Sean is laying in the water with a, like, cocktail up right. like this. And, uh, and they were going to put cinder blocks in the pool and we were going to stand on the cinder blocks so it could be practical and they didn't have to Photoshop something. And I'm looking at this nightmare that's kind of being laid out like, we're all going to hurt ourselves real bad right now. <laughs> this is going to be like terrible. And they're like, no, actually, let's just wet your feet and take the picture. So they laid it on there. And for a poster for him, yes, you can email me and I bet that I could probably send something like that. <clears throat> that is a great poster. Uh, anything else? No. Uh, oh, what? Yeah. What's your favorite thing about improv? Uh, that's favorite thing about improv. <laughs> that's what, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, well, what's your favorite thing about life? Like, what do you like about everything? I, I would say that, uh, okay, um, I moved here 10 years ago, and I didn't, I moved with three people who weren't really involved with the path I was going on, and I didn't really know anybody. I, I moved here on a Tuesday. I started uh, Levels on a Wednesday at I.O. I, I, I came here kind of blank slate, and within a month, I knew 100 people, and within a year, I had a family and a community of people that I could trust. I met in that Level 6 class, and, and just in shows, people that will be 
you know, the most important people in my life. So I would say my most important, favorite thing about improv, like there are a million work answers I can give you that, you know, I'm happy to another time, but like life, what has, what it has provided for me as somebody who left 3,000 miles from where I'm from to pursue something different and give me some stability emotionally in this world. It's funny, I would, say, I would answer it very s similar to like a, a way I'm, I'm, I, I describe my wife. My, my, my wife is, among, among so many wonderful things, she, she allows for me, right? Which is a beautiful trait to, to, to have in, uh, a partner. And improv allows for me. It allows me to explore, it allows me to make mistakes, it allows me to express myself. Uh, I think that's why I just, I, I'll, I can't get rid of it. It's, it's, it's too much a part of me. Um, like your wife. Like my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can't, yeah, I can't get rid of my wife. No, I can't get rid of my wife or improv. Uh -huh. uh, all right, I, I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up, so let's do a set. Cool.